0: From the Wildwoods of Vancouver Islands, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Hoppy, I will make a dramatic intro and be like from the small section corner of this quarantine spot in Isha Jerome's house. Welcome to the Soda Pod, but uh I don't want to get into that. It's been it's been a busy and uh quite lonely last week here. So excited to podcast again and connect with you, man. How's it going?
1: Uh, yeah, going better than you, I suppose. Um, that doesn't really say a whole lot though, when you're literally locked into your parents' house. well, one wing of your parents' house.
0: yeah, actually, my old high school bedroom, which is sick, by the way, it's now like a workout room and office. but man, i uh, I was I was a lucky kid. it's it's a massive room. It's like it was definitely like the, uh, an office add-on to the to the house and for some reason. 16-year-old Isha was blessed to get that as his room. So, a uh, little nostalgic sitting back here at a desk working away. Um, but I have to say I'm I'm very excited to leave this, leave this room. I got a few more days, a few more days.
1: Doesn't sound nostalgic. I don't believe that in high school you did shit.
0: <laughs> what do you mean?
1: <laughs> I feel like you're the guy that like once you figured out what you wanted to do, you started hustling, but in high school you were just a bum.
0: Oh, no, quite quite the opposite actually, okay. Hoppy. I started hustling right away. Um, okay. like I recorded my first like record um when i was 15 on a dinky macbook in this bedroom where i like padded up the the wall with like pillows and stuff like that to make sure that the sound was good and like Hmm. yeah man i have been i've been hustling ever since i got a computer once i got my laptop i was just like all right i'm gonna be creating music making beats um you know loading that thing up with viruses downloading music and movies on limewire (laughs) Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I digress.
1: So not as much hippie lettuce as I had previously projected in high school. No, I was just
0: creative. That's all. <laughs> you know, I didn't yeah. sit there and just play video games. I sat there and I created. Okay. I tried to anyways. But anyways, Fair um. But before we you know, get into our housekeeping notes, shout outs and all that stuff, Hoppy. I just, <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, I am livid. I am absolutely livid that our boy who I don't even know if you can hang that jersey behind you anymore. Our boy Rem Pitlick was first of all waived, second of all claimed by the one team in the National Hockey League I just did not want to claim him in the Montreal Canadiens. Now it's going to make for a great game coming up where the Wild play the Canadiens. However, it's absolutely gut-wrenching for me because of the Canadiens factor. Um, and, and, and for you, obviously, because of your passion and love for this player as well.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, it is, if he had to go somewhere, right. I'm glad he went somewhere that he's absolutely going to play. Like that's good. He's
0: going to play in Iowa. Come on.
1: <sighs> it's not the same. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I wanted him to stay, but uh, it. I've, I've gone through the five stages of grief, like four times and may, maybe that'll make for a good video at some point going through denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance.
0: That would make for an amazing <laughs> video. Actually.
1: Oh man. Uh, yeah, throw, it sucks.
0: throw in some Northland and uh seventh Ave into the mix too. I'm sure do some like binge eating and drinking as far as like the depressive stage.
1: Yeah. But Hey, we're, we're always going to have that incredible hat trick night. Oh. And we're always going to have the Jersey to commemorate it. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. he, I mean, I'm just going to say it. It's, it's the Benoit Pouliot sy- syndrome, right? Like, take a guy who has offensive skill, throw him on the fourth line, and make sure that there's zero chance that you ever see it. Like, that, he's a guy that should be middle six or an AHL, one of the two. And obviously, you picked him up off waivers, so you had to have had some anticipation that he could, I mean, just play him with Fiala a little bit. Like, just give him a chance. That's all.
0: I know. At this point, what do you have to lose? Fiala's playing good and not scoring. So, you know, and what I what I hated, and again, I think overall, a lot of Minnesota Wild fans were rooting for this player. But a lot of them understood that, like, okay, well, he's not in a position to succeed right now. He's not really playing a lick of defense because that's not his game. And yet, to a certain degree, that's on him. And I will say, like, Rem yeah. like you make it to the show, you got to at least do the little things. But... Like Copy said, we've seen this dance before, and we've seen players who are in positions to thrive with other teams that coincide with their particular talent do well. I mean, look at the Minnesota Wild on the back end between the pipes and Cam Talbot. Right? It worked out in Minnesota, and he's probably the best version of himself ever, although some Wild fans are hating on him. We'll get into that later in the show as yeah, well. Right, Man, but, but the but thing uh... about Rampin, like, it's yeah. you can't just 100% blame it's a little bit of everything. it's it's the three sixty scenario of him, you know, given a chance on this team, and we got a little taste, Hoppy and I, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe invested a little too much, but uh, it is what it is.
1: no, no, that's not true. <laughs> but anyways, he for me, it's it's more just about like the chance, right? Like if you're playing a guy for eight minutes a night and you're expecting to see growth and see them play the right way, like it's not gonna work for that type of player who you know isn't a fourth liner. Now, we don't know what was happening in practices or in the locker room. Like maybe he like was just completely unwilling to adapt and change, like make any kind of changes to his defensive play. But I don't know. It's just you see the kid, you hear him in his limited media availability, and he just doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's like defiant. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, anyways, we'll continue to monitor this. We'll talk about this story more, especially when the Minnesota Wild play the Montreal Canadiens uh, very, very soon. Uh, before we get into the Hoppy Hour here, because we do have a Hoppy Hour, then we're going to dive into some more Minnesota Wild talk as well as some news around the NHL. Just want to give a quick shout-out to our friends at 7th Ave Pizza. Try the meat sauce pizza because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Ave Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours. Get you some 7th Ave and did did i did i see this correctly now going to be at high v some more high v stores in minnesota
1: they're always getting into more stores everywhere and it it's what we need it's what the people need to get through these hard times vikings are going through a regime change we're going to have to probably watch the packers go deep into the playoffs again and man the wild kind of go back and forth on us everyone just needs some seventh ave pizza it gets you through the best of times and the worst of times. And you know what else does Northland vodka Oh, hell use it to yeah. chase down that delightful seventh Avenue pizza. And uh, again, they're, they're expanding. We're seeing them more places, more autographs. Um, I don't know. We got to come up with some kind of list here. Isha of all of the best ways to enjoy Northland. I know we went deep into the, you know, discussion around Bloody Marys, but, we might have to make like a top 10 list or something of ways to enjoy Northland vodka.
0: Ooh, that would be awesome. And by the way, I know we don't really, you don't really go on Instagram much. Uh, Not a ton, no. Because it's mostly Joey who handles that account. But did you see what I tagged you in uh, over the weekend?
1: The pads? Yeah.
0: No. um, You have to take another check. It was an unbelievable uh, Caesar actually, but with all the works. And we were talking about, uh, it was a what? Uh, this a drink, a Caesar, a cocktail with all the, the works. Is a Caesar? Oh, uh, maybe it's just the Canadian name for Bloody Mary.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't. Okay, no, <laughs> interesting. Learn something new again. That's
0: so funny. That's
1: hilarious. I thought you were talking about a salad.
0: <laughs> no, that, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I, I thought they were two different drinks, they might just be the same. But, anyways, uh, regardless, check it out. It's the uh, Bloody Mary slash Caesar the works, unbelievable. <laughs> I'll share it on Twitter since I mentioned it in this in this podcast because on our last episode we were talking about how here on the on the West Coast and how now in in the age of uh, being hipster and being well extravagant some of these like cocktails are just over the top and uh, yeah, a bloody Mary with the works. We were talking about that in one of our last episodes and I found one. It, it must, it must've been uh, the, the metaverse was probably listening to our conversation. Cause it like popped up on my, uh on my wall there. And I don't go on Instagram much either. And I was scrolling through and yeah, this thing was incredible. So I just, I know I digressed again, but I had to bring that up and I will uh, share it from our account because it was unbelievable. Uh, reminder, folks, uh, we have content coming up pretty much five days a week here on the SodaPod podcast feed. Uh, every Monday, of course, you're listening to us now. You can find us here, the SodaPod with Hoppy and myself hosting every Tuesday for your prospect rundown and, well, comedic fix. You can listen to Judd's Buds hosted by none other than Spoked Z. Uh, some Wednesdays we do have extra bonus soda pod episodes where we predominantly have a guest or just fun segments that we feature. And every Thursday on the Brewery Travels podcast feed, you can find a new episode of the Brewery Travels podcast with our friend Joel Geyer. Then every Friday, MNCAA, that's right, on the Soda Pod feed covering every single Minnesota college hockey team. And pfft, it's been unbelievable. Some great new faces, some great returning faces, so much content for you Minnesota hockey content and more beer content as well here on the Soda Pod Podcast. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter and Facebook for all the updates and extra content at the Soda Pod. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, folks, if you haven't already. We're going to start actually streaming again. That's right, not on Twitter exclusively this time, but exclusively on YouTube. More about that in the next coming weeks, but starting in February, every Sunday, that's right, every Sunday, a two hour live show that you can interact with us and go on Monday and listen to the two hour podcast. That's right. We'll have separate feeds for our one and two or separate episodes rather, but it's a great way to get back live interacting with a lot of our listeners who have been missing that aspect. Hoppy and I have been missing that aspect and, uh, and we've been looking for something to do with our YouTube channel to really, you know, make it unique and uh, we'll just add more to it. So excited to start streaming Uh, four o'clock Uh, that's what he said right four o'clock every sunday starting in february um and uh yeah join us again we're really excited for that so subscribe to our youtube channel and check us out at the soda pod for more updates on when we start streaming on youtube Finally, last but not least, the SodaPod and the Hockey Podcast Network are proudly powered by DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use promo code THPN upon sign-up for a bonus. And if you're a regular user, plug that promo code in for a weekly deal. Hey, we're in Super Bowl times right now, and there's so many deals going on on DraftKings. So even if you can't bet with Sportsbook, go check out Daily Fantasy. All right, Hoppy. Let's dive into the Hoppy Hour here on episode 238 of the SodaPod. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender, Alex Stalak. To Stalak! To Stalak! I love that stuff. been drinking it for years. You know, I I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it.
1: You're all hopped out? All
0: right, buddy, what do you got on top today?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Very on-brand and boring because I was scrambling to get here in time to record today. So, we've got the usual. Northland with Fresca. I'm pretty basic.
0: Very nice, very nice. Um, (laughs) I, I am not drinking because I am, I am, I'm actually not sick anymore. Today's probably like the last of it, you know, just a little dry cough or whatever. Tuesday, Wednesday, though. Holy, was I, was I down for the count? But what I'm going to feature here on this, (laughs) on this special, uh, hoppy hour, the COVID hippie health spread is what I want to call it. So let me grab my, my bag here. This is what I've been consuming here the last few days got to start with like a stupid amount of energy uh, energy <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I've been Canadian. doing two packs uh three times a day in this box too I got about uh I got like 40 zinc pills take one of those got to have some vix vapor rub which pretty much you have to like snort at this point uh it really makes your lungs feel a lot better. What else do I got here? I got uh, some vitamin D3 extra organic virgin olive oil extract. Uh, also, had some THC extract. Don't recommend that for when you're really sick with COVID. Um, some honeybee, honey, elderberry lozenges. I got uh, PM 2.5 filters for my mask. <laughs> some hand sanitizer and uh you're not drinking that shit I hope no but I mean fuck man I was I was almost the other night I was like fuck whatever I can do to get rid of this thing and some uh and and some key koji black bean voodoo pills anyways
1: black bean voodoo pills
0: <laughs> I also had some echinacea tea and uh tomato and chicken noodle soup and that has been my spread for the last few days what i've been living on haven't necessarily been drinking it all obviously but uh that's been my that's been what's been keeping me alive here so i didn't have a drink to really present in particular so i thought i'd just (laughs) present it all everything that's been uh that i've been consuming the last few days and and that's pretty much it there's nothing else that and a ton of water today's actually my first day right now today's the first day i've been i've been back drinking coffee okay I've been like just so dehydrated that I was like, okay, coffee's the last thing. And the crash too. Cause like the weird thing about this is like you your energy and your energy levels are up and down, your body temperature is you just it's so unregulated that I felt like caffeine just was not <laughs> was not good. It Wasn't it was not a good uh that and it's a diuretic. So Okay, both that's of fair. Them, weren't really good. Now has any of this, you know, cured me? No. So maybe I have to take a p- page of Joe rog- Rogan's book next time, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: oh man, whatever anyways, whatever works. Uh, not a very exciting. Hop yar. If you came here for the beer, you ain't getting any of this episode. Sorry, folks.
1: I mean, I can give some. Uh, last night we got together and played some 500, which I've talked about. If people don't know what that is, it's euchre just for smarter people and had a really, really good beer. It was a barrel aged doppelbach that was like aged in tattersall rye whiskey barrels from of course none other than our friends at lupulin um but i mean one of because i haven't i don't have that style a ton there's not a ton of it on the market regularly but i would absolutely drink that whenever and it was like i think it was like 13 percent
0: Nice. Uh, Speaking of Lupulin, by the way, uh, shout out to our friends at Lupulin. They sent me this amazing Christmas card and some gift cards uh, for free crawlers. So again, shout out. And look, look, everybody signed it. Look at these guys. They're unbelievable. Absolutely love our friends at Lupulin Brewing. Uh, They're way too kind. Uh, Love this card. You're the the second, the second people from the soda pod who've sent me a card. Um, I I know you tried to send me some beer. Uh, I appreciate the gift cards. They will be they will be used uh, in allegedly, allegedly,
1: allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. They didn't break the law. <laughs> um and God bless Ross. <laughs> Love you, Ross. Um so there you go.
0: Uh, Merry Christmas to our friends at Loopland too, and happy holidays. Uh, if we didn't say so already, this was unbelievable. Um all right. Let's dive into some Minnesota Wild talk here now in episode 238 of the Soda Pod. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with huge odd boosts for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Just bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can get in on all the divisional round action with daily Fantasy. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes again with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Just bet $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins that's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older New Jersey Indiana Pennsylvania only new customers only minimum $5 deposit $1 wager required one per customer restrictions apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER All right, let's start with the Ducks game, Hoppy. I have my uh, ceremonial quack hat here in celebration of two easy points. Thank you very much. What a shellacking. Now, it's funny. We've only had one new game since the last uh, SodaPod recording here. It's nuts. Absolutely nuts. I, I had to, like... Really think I was like, did, did I not watch another wild game this week? And I was like, no, I I, oh, didn't. I guess I didn't. <laughs> so uh, glad to see the boys come out strong because you never know. It's kind of like hit or miss when you take that much time off. You either come with a ton of gas in the tank, or you're still on what we call here on Vancouver Island Tofino time. Still, you're st- you're still on vacation time. So the boys came out. They looked good. Um, what, what were your What were some of your preliminary thoughts you wanted to get into from that game?
1: Well, I mean, first. Eh- it's not the worst thing that we're not playing many games right now, because when your best center, your best defenseman and Jared Spurgeon are all out right now. Yeah. Like you, you're okay waiting a little bit, but from this game, I mean, it is a team that is ailing similarly to us, right? Like they were missing their top scorer, the scary Terry himself. They're missing Gibson, but that kind of like us, they've got a backup that's actually played really well thus far. Um, but we just made it look so goddamn easy. I've, I've never seen the wild put on a clinic like that where like, it really looked like they weren't even trying. And I mean, that's a good thing. We need to see that.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. And I mean, Matt Boldy had a great game as well.
1: Well, we got to start having this discussion though, Isha, cause it's, everyone's talking about how great Fiel and Boldy are playing together. And I, I agree. It, it is a really good fit. I think we had kind of talked about it in the summer that that could be a good fit down the road.
0: No, we did. And I want to defend this by saying because Fiala can distribute the puck very, very well, and he's underrated for that. So it honestly could work.
1: But I think both of them are similar in that elk too, right? Like both of them can score, but both of them are kind of low-key distributors. Just like similar to a Phil Kessel, right? Where it's like everyone thinks you're a shooter, but like I'd argue Phil Kessel's a better distributor now than he is a shooter. Oh, these Um, days,
0: 100%.
1: But so with the Fiala thing, it's interesting because the question we've got to ask now, is Fiala making a case for staying or is he making it more likely that he's got to leave if he starts putting up goals?
0: I don't think him putting up the goals right now is going to influence that aspect of him, you know wanting to leave or, or the interest there. Cause I think if people are interested, they've been interested, the, the fancy well, stance. Not,
1: that's the... not what I mean though. I, I mean more from the perspective, like do the wild want to try and keep him? Yes or no. Obviously the more he scores, the more likely they are to want him. But that also means the more money he's going to want, which might price him out of Minnesota. So it's like, where's the fine line of, Hey, he might be able to stay and we want him to stay.
0: Yeah. But hobby, I think that this year he, he... They're going to have to pay him regardless because, yeah, the the points aren't there. But you look at – and this is the one time where I'll actually side with the fancy stats more than the eye test. Like, he is doing everything right where you can see by the numbers and by the eye test that the guy's having bad luck. And it's like everything that can go wrong is going wrong, you know. And now that he's starting to score again to the general public – Right. It's like, okay, Fiala's back. But I'd have to say that those in the hockey world, those hockey minds, you know, people who aren't just podcasting about them like us, know that this guy is absolutely crushing it this year and that his value isn't diminished at all by him just not putting up the numbers.
1: I get that, right? Like, I'm not disputing that at all. My point is, regardless, like obviously, like Bill Guerin, his front office, they all have the fancy stats. At the end of the day, if he scores eight goals this year, I don't care how the fancy stats look, that's going to yield a lower contract value. That's just how it fucking works.
0: I'll agree. I don't think it's as vast as maybe you're making it out to be, as right. far as the difference. Fair so I'm not worried, personally. I think it's a, it's a good problem to have. It's like, okay, do we use this piece that can bring us still, that's very valuable, could still bring us that that center we need, or do we roll with hey, this is working, maybe we don't need that bona fide top, top center if we can, again, do the Minnesota wild way and complement the line with a player that has chemistry and who can work well with them and, you know, be three lines deep and really, like, solidify it, not two and a half lines deep, you know, three lines deep, solidified, done.
1: Yeah, and we are looking at a similar thing, too, with Jordan Greenway where it's like, you want to see him perform but once he gets to a certain level of performance he's almost writing his way out the door too that like yeah we just can't afford to resign him like both of them the they are gonna have to make a decision do you use them to go out and find a rental or do you just keep them as an own rental
0: yeah and i think with the greenway situation because you have some power forward prospects who are doing what i guess evison wants greenway to do first and foremost he's more expendable so if he starts putting up the points then it, i think that's like okay that's the piece that you want 100 include in any deal because it, he's expendable anyways not because of his poor play but just because he's simply not fit so a team can't really come against the wild then you know negotiate anything to diminish his value right or, or looking at him like that because the guy's proving it so i i think that that's the piece that definitely is involved in a deal
1: yeah, it's, it's tough. What's the value now, though, right? Like, if we're trading Fiala or Greenway or both, like, what is the return that we can expect? Like, I, I really don't know what the market looks like for a guy going into RFA year.
0: Yeah, well, if I'm going by just, like, NHL 2022, or, yeah, 2022, like, value bar, I'd say, like, a third-round pick right now. You know, you got that, like,
1: that Jesus. much in the value bar.
0: What do you, what do you think?
1: So no value. <laughs> hey, third
0: round pick, that's... I was surprised how much a third round pick value has in NHL 22, I, by the way, but anyways.
1: I get it, but I don't know. That's pretty I didn't say
0: for it. Fiala. Fiala's a whole, a whole other story. No, no, I know. Uh, but anyways, back to Boldy. Three shots on net, uh, two points, one goal, one assist. I mean, Ryan Hartman continues to light the lamp. Kaprizov with two assists. Matt Zuccarello scoring on the two with his uh three points and two goals i mean everyone seemed to be on the sheet last night
1: uh last night when was the game? a couple the, that ago. that one night yeah. that one night sorry everything's a blur
0: <laughs> every night's a blur because i've been stuck in this fucking room
1: <laughs> that's because you're chugging hand sanitizer <laughs> yeah <laughs> and these
0: friggin' black bean voodoo pills um uh, yeah. but again but again it was uh, it was hunting season in the wild they they delivered which is which is great and now their schedule you know, coming up, Hoppy, I would say that out of their next five, they should get points in in four games. I'm predicting three wins. Um, they're playing the Avs next, which is going to be their hardest opponent. Uh, they play the Blackhawks back-to-back, the Habs, which well, I can't wait for them to crush, and then the New York Rangers. So in regards to the next five games, am I being too optimistic or what?
1: Um, I It's hard for me to look at a back-to-back with Chicago and say we're going to take both. If it was just one game, I'd probably be like, yeah, we're going to take the one. But they're still a better team than what we're seeing on on you know, the ice sometimes. Like, they've got the roster. They've got Flurry, which, as overrated as he might be, like, he can still pull one out of his ass, no question. I I don't know. It's That one's a tough one, just given the rivalry and everything between the two teams. But, yeah, Colorado, going to beat us. Montreal, we better fucking beat them. And you know my opinion on the Rangers, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's why I'm going to say that they they lose to the Avs. Uh, They take both the Blackhawks games. Maybe one's harder than the other. I get it back to back. Um, They crush the Habs and, sorry, Pitlick, absolutely stomp everything there. And then the Rangers is the wild card one for me. It's like I expect them to beat them. But I think we Hoppy and I collectively expected the Rangers to like not be as good as they are right now, anyways. So I'm gonna say that yes, I think the Wild beat them, but that one's with the caveat that like I'll be I'll be watching that one a little closer to be like, okay, what
1: are the Rangers? And by then we don't know who we might have back in the lineup too. So that certainly impacts things. Yeah, I, I would probably lean, split with Chicago, lost to Colorado. Beat Habs, beat Rangers.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, by the way, there's there's two players out there. And what, I mean, one's on the Avs right now, in Nazem Kadri. And uh, another player in the league right now, Chandler Stevenson, who are two underrated players in the West right now who are absolutely well, not underrated. I guess I just, not, I guess underrated this season because they're not
1: being I spoken would, about. I would say Stevenson is underrated. I don't know that Kadri is. I think people just have issues with him in general.
0: Uh, not as like the. The, the player himself is under it but this season like they they're not being talked about either of them for the for the dominant season they're having now obviously Nazem Kadri I would say probably miles above Chandler Stevenson as far as just his offensive output output right now etc but just both of them surprised me as I was you know performing an exercise looking through a bunch of uh, rosters earlier today and I was just blown away. Now, everyone was saying, oh, Nazem kadri he he didn't get the nod for the, the All-Star game. That's bullshit. I was like, okay, whatever. He's probably doing okay. You know, he was their top center, quote-unquote, coming out of the gate with the COVID complications and injuries with the Avs. Was he, he's yeah. like 50 points right now? Something like that, like 49. It's it's insane in like 35, 38 games, something like that. And then there's Chandler Stevenson, man, who I absolutely love this player when he's with the Capitals. He was... Um, I mean, he was like their, their fourth line grind. He was like he was like their Nate Schmidt, or, mm. uh, but but on the on the forward side, you know, the way he played, he was like uh, he was like a Jay Beagle, just a little quicker. You know, he was just that fourth line depth player who grinded it out, but you knew you, you could trust Ovechkin, trust them, and was a standout in playoff performances. Holy shit, has he carved out like a spot in not only the National Hockey League, but but with this team, the Vegas Golden Knights, as this year, 36 points in 38 games. Last year, career high of 35 points, 14 goals in 51 games. And I thought that that was kind of an outlier. I was like, damn, Chandler Stevenson, he's on a really good team. He's he's really producing. Holy shit, he's, he's the real deal, man. He has 10 goals already.
1: Yeah, man, and it's it's interesting to see him do it with even less of a cast than he has in the past. Like, Stone has missed some time. Patrick has missed a lot of time. And playing with the two of them, it's kind of what everyone attributed. His... Points last year too, and he's doing it again. Yeah, and I don't know. I've I've gotten a lot of pushback on this, but as soon as the Eichel trade happened, I was definitely of the mind that hey, don't fuck with what's working. Keep Stevenson with Stone and Pacharetti. You know, assuming health, and then you slot Eichel in with Marcia so and Smith, Ooh. and then you've got William Carlson as a pretty solid third line center, dude. I don't know how you fucking beat that. Like they're dude. gonna be scary. It's scary.
0: Truly unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. But yeah, just shout out Chandler Stevenson, good Saskatoon, Saskatchewan boy. Uh, You know, played played some minor hockey there growing up, and uh, I have some friends who from Saskatchewan who played hockey, and they know they know the Stevenson family well. So shout out Chandler Stevenson and uh, and that family there. Um, All right, last thing we want to do in this segment before we just talk some general NHL stuff. If you guys recall, last week um, Hoppy challenged me a little bit, and we we decided. open up the discussion and, and, and bring it to this episode in regards to possible center options for the Minnesota wild. The hobby. Do you, do you want to give a little bit more context on this? If you know, people are still catching up and they didn't listen to our last uh, soda pod episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the idea here is that while we both are very optimistic about Marco Rossi's future, he ain't the Marco Rossi we're going to count on this year. He's not a guy that's ready to step in and play a top six role quite yet. And if there's anyone that's going to make sure that he develops properly, you bet your ass it's Bill fucking Garon. when you see what he did with the Penguins and how he developed some to Jake Gensel is the case study. Like that guy, don't get me wrong, Brian like he had Rust? plenty of talent that Ross, I mean, but we're not going to go down the whole list because it's going to take a while, but <laughs> there's, I mean, but those a... two names, you throw yeah. those two names out and you're like, sold done <laughs> that. Those are Bill Guerin developing those players. Yep. He did great things. And that's why, like the wild picked him up. Mike, yeah, this guy gets it. But we want to talk about potential options here. If the wild were to make a move to bolster and actually make a push and try and go on a run this year, because, I'm very outspoken about this, but I think Isha's pretty much on the same page that right now, wild, frisky, teams probably don't want to play them in the playoffs. I don't label them as a contender with their roster as currently constructed, even if fully healthy. But you pick up one center that you can put on the first and second line, like interchangeably, someone that fits that caliber of skill and that style of play, you might be a contender. That might be the piece that really gets you there.
0: And and again, um, the wild are structured to have three second lines and then like one fringe third line, really good fourth line. That's how the forward group is constructed. So as we, you know, start listing off some potential centers, uh players that the wild could target, just think of that. Like and some of these are a little bit of reaches, okay? Don't don't get me wrong. I just when I went through
1: the entire league, I went for just Okay. These... Well, let's let's start with the reaches then. Maybe Isha. let's let's start with the I pipe dreams and then kind of wrangle it into like, here's what I think maybe could happen.
0: Okay, but just last caveat before we get into it, it's like so. Just remember that these are these are players who could realistically fit in that it's top. It's not even top six. It's top nine for the Wild as a center. So none of them. I mean, maybe one or two on this list are like, okay, you are actually a bona fide top center. So it's gonna. Be a trickier trade for the Wild to acquire you, but still, you know, plausible sort of thing. So just, I just wanted to make sure that that's clear going into this exercise because some of these, you know, I get it, they're not going to happen, and some of them, your hobby is probably going to be like, ah, not good enough,
1: and and that's fair. I'll judge you more for those than for the ones that you just have as pipe dreams and be like, yeah, okay, move on. All
0: right. Well, first, <laughs> first pipe dream is that it's not going to happen this year, but it's just something to keep your eye out. The Carolina Hurricanes have way too many centers push is going to have to shove. They're going to have to cut ties with one of them, whether that's one of their veterans, whether that's one of their young guys. Now, I don't think an Aho or even a knee cash is getting moved at this point. So you're looking at, you know, Trocek who is, is he really a bona fide true center? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, he is. Then, yes then fair, he is. then fair, then fair. Um, You could go the younger route in Jarvis, or you could again, roll the dice. Like everybody is on Ken depending on his contract stuff. But I'm just saying, those are those are some just names that it's not going to happen this year because Carolina's rolling. They're not going to break that band up at all. But just keep in mind, it, they can't keep them all, okay? And they're not going to throw some of them on the wing. Um, <laughs> here's the first pipe dream. Uh, there's a there's a Pittsburgh Penguins center who's playing very very well right now. Not named Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin. Um,
1: oh, I thought you were for sure going with Malkin there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I again, I I wish, but uh and I say this is a pipe dream because well, like think,
1: I think most wild fans would actually not want Malkin because all they see is his age and his dollars. Like, first off, you're not bringing him for the current pay that he's making, oh, right? Like that nine five, no way. But i have getting Malkin seven, has five? a good three or four more years of being a fucking monster. Okay, well.
0: Screw it! We'll throw Evgeny Malkin's name. But right? anyways, I, get, get to the I was I was just being up. cheeky. And was gonna say Evan Rodriguez.
1: I mean, he's definitely not a center. Okay, well then there you go.
0: He's 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 flourished. listed as a center, so that's why. I, I know he's me.
1: he's flourished at the wing, though. And I mean, realistically, he's not going to stay in Pittsburgh because he is going to go and finally get his ticket. Is this but... a fluke, though?
0: Is he is he this type of player?
1: It's. I'll say it's semi-fluky, right? Like, I don't think this is how good he is going to be consistently, but it's funny because you hear the way that the coaches have talked about him, especially when you go to the offseason, and like Mike Sullivan has said, like, Rodriguez can be a player. He has the tools, he just hasn't put them together. He's never really been put in a consistent spot in the lineup and been given the chance to flourish. And obviously with COVID and injuries this year, Pittsburgh was pretty depleted early on and he stepped in and he stepped up, man. Like he, he absolutely has the the physical ability. The consistency is what we've never seen. And I don't think at this point saying two months of him playing well is something that we can lock in as saying, yeah, he's got the consistency now, but it's absolutely a good step in the right direction.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We're going to, not lightning round necessary, but we're going to fire through a bunch of these. Cause I do, I do have a lot. again, some of them reaches, some of them not. Uh, let's go uh, to Florida with a guy who's carving out a good career as a two way forward. Who
1: can put up points with skilled players in Sam Bennett. Oh. Thoughts on him? I like Sam Bennett. I don't think he's going anywhere, especially. So the key here for me, at least is I'm talking this year rather than this offseason, right? I'm just saying, you, you dang, There could be a
0: trade to acquire him. It's, it's 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 more of a possibility than any of the folk in Carolina right now.
1: I would say it's about the same, because I think those are the two top teams in the East, and I don't think they're moving away a center that's going to help them.
0: All right, well, let's talk about the Central in uh, a Braden Shen. <sighs> S- still produces, very good in the playoffs... Not too expensive at a 6.5 cap hit.
1: I just don't see St. Louis sending him here. (laughs) I I think it's an issue of who you're trading with. And that doesn't mean that you're never going to make a trade with someone in the division. But I think when it's wild and blues that we're talking about, I think that's a tough trade to make for a guy like him. But maybe. I mean, it's possible. And I, I like his game. I'm probably not willing to give up what would be needed to get him from St. Louis personally. Okay, but I don't I don't hate it. Okay, here here's
0: and again this is this is a little complicated in this one, but it, it could it could work could work. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks would have to retain cap, but it would be a very very low cost player in Tyler Johnson.
1: I'm not upset about that at all. Depending on how he heals. Yeah, if they retain two
0: mil, why not?
1: It's again. We've got to see how he comes back because he had the same procedure as Jack Eichel. And it's more the idea that, like, I'm not trading for him before he plays. And I'm also like, is
0: not he back in the lineup?
1: Is he? I don't. I'm pretty I, sure. I think, played eight, I
0: think he's played eight games.
1: So I think. far. What? Okay. Then I'm, then I'm way off. Sorry. Then thought, I'll, uh, I then, so, but... then I honestly have to look into it more. So okay. I don't have an answer, but I, I don't hate the concept because. Dude can fucking play.
0: Yes. I, I love him. He's a gamer. Yeah. Um, Christian Dvorak. Low cost to acquire. I know he was just traded, but he's not putting up the points right now, and you better believe he does not want to stay in Montreal. So not much want to potential stay in Montreal, yeah. So much potential. He's only 25 years old.
1: If it's a low cost, I'm totally in. He's a guy that we were talking about getting from Arizona, but yeah. to your point, I mean, he's everyone's been garbage in Montreal. If the the cost to acquire is, it wouldn't reasonable. be too much.
0: It wouldn't be. Too, it would be reasonable. I. I it yes. wouldn't be Fiala price. It mm, you don't be... know
1: that though, man. With a I mean, new yeah, regime so. there leading the team, maybe it. Maybe they aren't willing to just throw guys out for nothing. Because he is an asset, and yeah. all they got to do is wait until next year, and maybe he plays better, and you can get more for him. I don't know. I, sure, I find it hard for them to now. say like, "Yeah, we're just going to send him," especially with what they paid for him. Yeah, but they
0: expected to actually be a team this year.
1: <laughs> also true. But, uh, yeah, if, if he's cheap, I'm in. But I'm not I'm not matching what they paid to get him.
0: Okay. Uh, a player who probably won't be cheap and maybe it's not worth it, Ryan Strom. Nah, I'm out. All right. And you're probably going to be out on this next one because I'm personally out, but I just thought I'd throw him on here. He's not even a freaking true center, though. Sometimes he plays in it. Max Domi?
1: Yeah, no, I'm out.
0: I think it would be low cost, but it's just not worth it because he's too streaky.
1: I mean, depending on how low, like, maybe it's worth the risk if it's, again, like... But I don't think the
0: Wild are in a position to risk anything here. You know, they, they need the guy who at least can play to their, you know, okay. I, you won't you won't play poorer than this, and that's okay. Yeah. All right. I think Domi, one of those high ceiling, low floors kind of guys, he doesn't really level out much. Yeah. Um... Here's a player who's yet to, yet to prove he's a solid top six over a long NHL career. He's only had two seasons, um, but he's been able to produce on a shitty team, and that's uh, Igor. Uh, oh, sorry, oh, fuck. sorry Igor on uh, New Jersey. He's a young center. He's been able to put up some some decent points, and this year he's been taking the reins a little bit, and proving that you know he's the real deal. I wouldn't think it'd be a too high cost because we don't really know what he is yet, but he is still a young player that the Wild might have to roll the dice. So anyways,
1: I, I, I'm not I 100% I sold. I don't see how that's any different than Max Domi, to be honest, but...
0: He only, well, sure. he has two years. Uh, Sharon Govic has only played two years in, in the league thus far. So. Well,
1: no, I, I get that. I'm just saying as far as the impact you can make this right. year. But yeah, I mean...
0: Here's, here's the big comparable to Malkin. Uh, one more year left on his deal and man has his name been in the trade uh, the trade rumors Claude Giroux.
1: This is his last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh sorry, you said one more year. Oh sorry, this, this being meant. his this being his last year. Sorry. Yeah, no, he's on my list for sure. Thirty four
0: years old and the guy, honestly, low key, one of the greatest hockey players in the world.
1: I absolutely hate the Philadelphia Flyers, and I fucking love Claude Giroux. I do. I He's a guy that I actually, when they were, uh, before they went on their run, because that was, like, it's probably the year that I'm most proud of. Preseason, I picked uh, Chicago beating Philly that year. And I told my brother, who's a big Flyers fan, I told him, like, dude, within the next three years, this guy wins an MVP, and he sure as fuck did. Man, he's so good. He's so good. He's I. I so So the problem here is it's going to be expensive.
0: That's the thing. I have my notes. I was like, it's it's not going to be an easy trade.
1: Because they're going to have to retain. And for you to get a player of his caliber and half the money retained, you're going to fucking pay.
0: Well, retained for just this this season, which isn't bad because the the Flyers aren't making the playoffs. No, right, right. And they don't
1: care about the money. It's more just the value that they can require to do that. True. That's dude. A player like Claude Giroux for four mil. Holy fuck! Is that incredible? And yes, he would kill it. I would, I would sign off on that. No question. Just depending on what it is we're required to give up. But if Garen felt comfortable giving up the assets, whether that's firsts, whether that's like good prospects, but we're not talking our top five. I'm totally in. Totally in. Dude, I think I mean- he's so good.
0: At that point, you you may even have to throw Wallstadt's name into the, yeah, into not the doing equation.
1: That. Not doing uh, it. That's what I said. You may have to.
0: You may right. have to. But for the next three, to, I mean, Giroud's got four more years, I'd say, of still solid producing.
1: Yeah, I don't think he stays, though. I mean, it's possible you convince him to stay, but I think that's a true one-year rental, and he's going to go out, and he's going to test the market and go wherever the fuck he wants.
0: Yeah, but why not stay with this budding team because in the
1: he wild? Because he wants money.
0: We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I mean, the Wild are going to, what I said, it's going to be very tricky if this is the one that they want to go the next four years, you know, and go all the way with. Yeah. Um, next, uh, Brock Nelson. Minnesota boy. Ten goals on the season Ooh. thus far. Only four Ooh. assists, but he's a goal scorer, so may not be the center to go between Fiala and Boldy, but he actually might be good Ooh. to go next in between Zucrello and Caprizov.
1: Uh, I'd actually go the other way with really? a player like, no, no, no. So with a player like him, you might be able to put him in for AK. Ooh. And then you can put Ack with whichever line good. you want to. That's I just idea. think him and Ack would be very similar types of players. I think Brock Nelson is way more of a hard nosed player. Like he would immediately he become the, the dirty toughest areas. guy on the team behind moose. And he has the propensity to score, like, especially come playoff time, like this guy gets shit done. I'm big fan of his game. I don't know that he's someone that the Islanders are even gonna entertain moving, but if they're open to it, I'm yeah, you got my attention. Uh
0: William Carlson for the Vegas Golden Knights already brought up in this episode. I mean, the Golden Knights, we I mean, we said it, they're their center depth, they have it right now. So not to say he's expendable because a player of that stature and caliber, they're not expendable. I'd
1: say quite the opposite. It's not about being expendable. It's about they got to figure out the salary cap. And if exactly. he's now your third line center, exactly, I, I would be really curious what they'd expect back just knowing the cap situation that they're in. But yeah, I would absolutely put him into consideration. I like his game. I think there's a lot of wild fans out there that probably aren't agreeing with us right now and I I get it but I I like the that he can play a two-way game and I feel like he's the kind of player that can fit in with whichever line he's thrown onto so exactly again not not like Brock Nelson but like he could be thrown onto that, you know, Moose Greenway line and he'd be effective and he Low could key, go Huffy. with Fiala and Boldy. He could go with, you know, Zuccarello and Caprizov. Like, all of that could work.
0: Low-key, he might be the best fit for this team because of that. He can fit anywhere.
1: Yeah. I, hmm, I, I like that one a lot. He's a guy I had on my list, but I'm really curious – what Vegas is willing to do there? Yep.
0: I had I had Chandler Stevenson on my list before I looked up his points, and I was like, ah, "Ha, they're not giving they're not giving him up."
1: Yeah, um yeah. Adam
0: Henrique for the New Jersey Devils, v- consistent player, <laughs> solid second slash third liner, always delivers.
1: Pass for me, I get it, but pass. we could
0: get him on the podcast too because apparently Josh is really good friends with his family. So if he does land in Minnesota, we got that guest banked.
1: I mean, we can have Mon regardless of whether he <laughs> gets traded so. here, but I guess so. uh, I, in his prime, absolutely. I I liked his game, and I thought it was a really interesting trade when he went to Anaheim. I just I'm not sure I like where it's at right now.
0: Um, and this one's probably a low cost but a high reward, a player that actually developed with Elias Pettersson out in Sweden and Vancouver Canucks actually drafted but gave up as he was, you know, fighting with management. Ha ha, everyone seemed to be fighting with management in Vancouver at that time. Jonathan Dahlin, re revitalizing his career in San Jose right now. Now, again, from I, I talked to Nick a little bit before this podcast. He's been back and forth on the wing and center. But the kid's got game, and the kid is good.
1: I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know enough about his game. I've I've seen him play a little bit. I can't speak intelligently enough to whether or not he's a fit, and and again he's
0: he's labeled as a center. Nick, our friend at the San Jose Hockey Now podcast, has said he's predominant. I mean he's he's back and forth as you know he's still new to the league. The coaches are still trying to figure out like what's what position is he can succeed in the most. But I'd be remiss with the Vancouver Canucks connection if I didn't put him on this list. And we're almost done, folks. Um, Another low cost player who maybe and again this might be a little bit of a risk because. We'd have to be banking on him doing better. Dylan Dubé.
1: Maybe. Um, I'm probably not doing that for now.
0: Yeah, he hasn't been given a top six chance in Calgary. I'll, I'll say that. he's He's been on that third line always, and he's never budged.
1: Problem is, I, I like him more long-term than I like him short-term, and we're already covered long-term as yeah. far as like the pipeline and guys that we're going to be elevating into the lineup. So... It doesn't fit the need for what we're talking about, in no. my opinion.
0: Two more here.
1: Um, well, I've got a list too. So,
0: Jaden Schwartz.
1: <laughs> eh. reliable. Is he a center? Low cost. <laughs> is he a center? He's a I, I think, think he's a,
0: he's a center on Seattle, isn't
1: he? <laughs> I don't think he is. Oh, okay, well, I was gonna say there's two centers in Seattle on my list, and he's not one of them.
0: Really? See, I, that was the one I just. I was like, I'm just gonna throw him on here because he's the last one on the list but um and uh my final one which again kind of like Giroux it'll cost the wild but I think uh but I think based on this season you know it it might be it might be good to strike now in uh Vancouver Canucks once superstar center Elias Pedersen Oh. I think that's okay. The move. Talk more. Talk that more. That is the move. The Wild right now. Pedersen's value is never going to be as low as it is. They but are strike. they
1: looking to move him?
0: Um, new management group. They didn't draft him.
1: Right, new management group. That's the they move you want to make. That's the move you want to make to put your stamp on the org.
0: Look who the manager what? is, Hoppy. You're very familiar with the man.
1: Yeah, the dude. He makes it's Trader he, Jim. He, he makes a lot of trades. Never once considered trading Crosby or Malkin.
0: Yeah, but Krausby and Malkin actually did shit with their that team. This player has done nothing this year.
1: It's one. Okay, you're a Canucks fan right now. You're telling me that you're okay with them trading Pedersen.
0: Tell me what the return is, and I'm hundred percent listening. I am sick of this player right now.
1: Do you really think the Wild are going to give up enough that it's going to please you? I don't know. I'm. What's I'm at ask? least? Well,
0: okay. I'm. I'm at least listening, right. and I and Can I Nuts and Fan, I... what
1: do you want for him?
0: Okay, well, Fiala has to be in the mix. Okay. And, and a prospect, a good prospect, and a draft pick.
1: Define a good prospect. I'm not giving you a top five. If you're getting Fiala on a first, you're not getting a top fiver.
0: Okay, Fiala in like a second, then not even a first. And, for, and then put throw one of the top prospects in there.
1: Like, so who?
0: One one of the, the, the best ones either the goalie, either you know, either boldy, either Rossi, doesn't matter.
1: I think I think Wallstadt and Rossi are untouchable. I think who's Nadinov could be had.
0: Ah, the Canucks aren't gonna wait for him, I don't think. But anyways, that's what I'm saying. That that would be that would be the value. And hey, there might be some Minnesota Wild fans who agree in wanting to acquire this player. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. It yeah, would be what's, very, very what's hard. Uh you got be two easy. more years. Two more years, yep.
1: Because just trading Fiala is not going to be enough, which we'll get into this in my stance, but I think there's absolutely a way to get a real center in and be able to afford them. I do.
0: Okay. I mean, I, I agreed that... I think that the Wild right now can, can go whatever route they want. They have so many pieces, and it's it's up to them what they want to do. Obviously, they it need to find a dance It comes down
1: to partner. how like, stubborn Garen wants to be in regards to like what he needs in a return yeah. for some players. Exactly. But, dude, coming off the cap after this year, Fiala, Greenway, and uh, Rask, that's big. Ideally, you're using Fiala to get... A center back, and or I. Or Matt think, Dumba,
0: honestly. I mean, no, no,
1: no This deal, summer, yeah. Matt Dumba's the move. This okay. summer, I don't think that's a move you make this year. Okay, okay. Be, partially because you don't need to this year, because next year is where the cap becomes more of a concern. Right. But also, long term, I don't think it's a problem. But right now, the way they're playing, and like we, we see the ups and downs, but we also see a way better locker room than we've seen in the past. He's a captain. He's a big part of it. Yeah. He's a leader. I don't think you want to send him out in the middle of this season, but no, I do enough. think it's a good off season move because dude, 6 million. When you look at our blue line, he's, I like the guy. I'm not knocking his play. He's replaceable. Like you're literally saving five mil by putting Addison in his spot. And yeah. I think come next year, Addison's absolutely up for it. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, I got some ridiculous ones. Um, I might as well read the first one and just laugh. Um, Rupe hints, but dude, they're they're a tire fire right now. Like something has to change. They already are probably going to be losing Klingberg. They've got oh, they a are. lot of moving pieces.
0: They are moving Klingberg. So
1: they need to either be ready to pony up and pay big money to hints or explore moving him. And again, that's one where like is Kevin Fiala exciting enough that they're like, okay, we can consider this, right? One like, for one, dude. Ah, uh, that's not happening. One <laughs> not for happening.
0: one, let's go. That would be, dude, as a wild man, no, that, that would dumb. be perfect.
1: <laughs> that would be perfect. Yeah, it'd be incredible. It'd be incredible if we could trade Fiala for Pedersen one for one. Oh, not gonna on. happen.
0: Henson's not Pedersen, he's, he's good, not, but he's, he's
1: better right now. To your yes, point, I'm he's garbage better, right yes, now. He is <laughs> so, dude, I'm, I'm obsessed with Rupe Henson We'll move past that though. Um, so I do think that Jared McCann's an interesting one. He is riskier though. He's not as much of a guaranteed sure thing. So he's probably not the right fit for this scenario. Um, Yanni Gord, if we're talking just about the playoffs, but problem is he's got a lot of term there. So that makes it a little riskier. I left Uh, that one off the list
0: just because I was like, I don't even think this is realistic at all. Like not even a little bit.
1: Do you think that. Pedersen's for sure the one to go, or do you see JT Miller or Bo Horvat being the ones that might be moved? I think, I mean, honestly, man, anything is possible. Because I think any Canucks center would be the perfect answer. We can make any of those work.
0: In perfect honesty, I think any Canucks center could be moved.
1: Because it's not
0: working with the three.
1: So I don't know what the trades look like and how they value the different players and which one's most likely to be moved, but I'll just say any Canucks center would be really interesting. Um, Put it
0: this way, and I'll I'll be quick. Pedersen gives you the biggest return. Um, Horvat and Miller, probably the easier trades, but it just depends, you know, how, how big you want to go.
1: I really like Miller. I've I've liked him since he was a Ranger. I don't know why. I think
0: Horvat needs a new, a new scenery because the guy puts so much of the weight. He's such a company man. He puts the weight of the, him and everything on his shoulders, and it's clearly affecting his output this year.
1: And I'll say my top picks. So I've I've got one that's an outside chance, but we'll we'll talk about it. But then I've got four that we've talked about, and then my big one that kind of the glaring name that people have talked about before, and we've said can't be doable. I think it is. Tomas hurdle He is the top of my list. I do think it's doable. I think that if you include Fiala and or Greenway in the deal, if you have plans to move Dumba out this summer, you can afford to pay hurdle, whether that's uh, an eight by six or a seven by seven. I have no problem doing that for a player of his caliber and the way he plays the game. I don't know.
0: Speak it into existence, my man, because that wish, would be unreal. That would be unreal.
1: I love the player, man. I. Dude, it, he's it's so weird good. how many players oh, on God. this list I actually like really enjoy playing. Like. It, it's weird to me like literally the only one on this list that I am not that big on it, not that I don't like him but Bo Horvat just like isn't a guy that I like get excited to watch but great player my, my w- one that's off the beaten path a little bit just because we don't know what his standing is with the team and because of well how they've underachieved this year partially due to injuries Pierre-Luc Dubois he's an interesting guy yeah He's he's up this year, isn't he? Yeah, yep. He's a guy that absolutely has the talent and the makings of being that kind of guy, really young. And if he's not looking to stay in Winnipeg, obviously we don't know that he'd want to stay here. Like him, Hurdle, like all these guys that are like bigger trades like that, you need to have the next deal signed as he gets traded. Otherwise you're not doing it. But he's one that... I think it's interesting to see whether it's for the wild or not. I'm curious to see if he gets moved at the deadline just because maybe Winnipeg sees the writing on the walls that maybe he doesn't want to stay there anymore. Yeah.
0: That's a good pick hobby because like from what everything that I've heard, like he is, he's a, he's a true Canadian. Like he actually enjoys playing in Winnipeg. Oh. Um, I think he has family there or something. Well, like I mean, that his
1: too. dad being part of the org helps. Well, that for sure, too. Yeah, but That doesn't course. mean that that's where he wants to stay long. No, term. It's, and so what I'm getting at is maybe he wants
0: to be close In Minnesota. Fair, fair. The snow doesn't bother him. The cold doesn't bother him. You know, maybe he wants an appetite to go to a bigger NHL city, given that he, like, started in Columbus and now he's in Winnipeg. But honestly, if he likes, you know, the Canada cold, I
1: mean, Minnesota's a step up, is it not, from Winnipeg and Columbus? Let's go. Well, I mean, you you see the direction of the team, obviously. Like, that's got to be encouraging for a guy like him. But, I mean everyone talks about it. Like there's a reason that we became quote unquote, the country club. Like people want to fucking live here. Like yep. it's a great place to be in the off season in the summer. And I mean, the hockey culture around it. I mean, it's something that's not for everyone. Don't get me wrong. Like LA and New York and shit. That's always going to be the top destinations, but for the right person, like Minnesota could be the spot.
0: Like I said, man, from a small town, Cana- small town, Canadian, Minnesota is definitely the spot. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But oh man, it's the William Carlson. Just the length and term of his contract is a little worrisome. But it, he's one that you kind of started talking me into more. Like he was on my list, but no, he's he's he's, he's pretty high up the list. But I would, if you knew you had him signed and it was like a, an eight by six or a seven by seven type deal, even in that somewhere in that range, I will pay pretty well to get Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. I, I really think that can work when you He's look at... He's a bona fide top center. Players coming off, if you can trade Dumba, and then you basically look at it like... Your goal is that Rossi's eventually your first line center, right? Of course. Hurdle with Boldy and Beckman. Sure. You keep the Jeek line together, except instead of Greenway, um, you slot Duhame there. Sure, yeah. why not? And then you've got Goudreau next year who would be – he's a good fourth-line center. No issues um, with, with Goudreau. Tour and then someone else. Like, you can yeah. figure out the other fourth-line winger. Like, boom, there's your line. Actually, no. I like this better. Duhame's still on the fourth line. Put fucking Hartman on the wing with Eck and Moose. Yeah, yep. Because he's, he's not a good center. No, he's a good player. He's not a good center.
0: Yeah, he (laughs) that's that's such a great way to describe him. Good player, not a great center.
1: Like people Um, try and take shots and say that like JT Miller, oh, he's not a center. Dude, he's the first line center, and he's fucking playing well. Like he is more of a center than Ryan Hartman will ever be.
0: Yeah, you put a point per game. In between two wingers, and you're a fucking top center. Um, okay, we're we're almost out of time here. Um, this was an awesome extended segment covering the wild, but there's just a couple things I do want to hit on NHL-wise. Um, we'll get into more of just like, well, the standings next week because I mean they're ever changing, but with the, the lack of games, it's not gonna to be too shaken up. I uh, just want to quickly point out that Nashville and St. Louis hoppy are becoming problems for the wild. And any team that was hoping to dominate in the central division, I'm gonna say it, you're gonna roll your eyes. Saros is one of the, the league's best goaltenders this year. He is no, absolutely I'm not my eyes at all. crushing it, and he's he looks impossible to beat at sometimes. So I mean, credit where credit is due to the Nashville Predators, and you'll see Saros this
1: year. This year, I last year too. I, I think I'll put him I think I'll put him top five. Oh yeah. I mean, last year too, he was top five, dude. He was top three. Last year's a weird year, but yes, I agree. But and, I would say. They still confuse me, man. Uh, St. Louis, I was wrong. I admit I was wrong. I was wrong. Nashville, I still don't believe I was wrong. <laughs> I think I think Saros is doing a lot, and I think they've got players that are definitely playing above what I thought they would. I still don't trust that they're a top three team in the Central. I don't. I just six don't two see and it. two,
0: six two and two in their last ten, man, and they got points in the overtime uh, loss to the Leafs.
1: I just don't see it. <sighs> And Ramland on their team. How can they be good? But dude, he's playing good. That's the thing. And Duchesne's playing good, dude. It's like, what is this? Yeah. What's
0: happening? And that's one thing, too. Like, Duchesne is one of those that, in my mind, very high ceiling, really low floor. He's yeah. kind of always been in the basement. Now, oh my God, he's playing Ottawa style, Duchesne. But, anyways, just wanted to point <sharp> that out. We'll we'll monitor it uh, more in the next coming weeks. And, the, I mean, I hate to end the podcast on kind of like a somber note, but I did want to highlight. Uh, Probably two things in this kind of scumbag segment. Um, I don't know if you knew much about this player. I only knew him really just because of the Canuck's connection, but Reed Boucher, former he's a USA development kid, uh, New Jersey Devil, Nashville, and Canuck. Honestly, one of the best AHL players, I would argue, of all time. Like the guy was one of those point per game AHLers who could not, could not get it done in the NHL. Um this story kind of sh- hit me in the face out of nowhere yesterday. He pleads guilty to sex crimes he committed towards his billet family's 12-year-old daughter when he was uh 17, 18 years old um and with the USA development program but before being drafted. Now I'm just going to go on Twitter cuz I tweeted a little bit more about what's going on right now and, and details uh to this, you know, investigation and the whole court case. Um But he was originally charged for first-degree criminal sexual assault, which is a 25-year prison sentence. He pled guilty to third-degree criminal sexual conduct involving sexual penetration with an individual between 13 and 16. As per his plea agreement, Boucher will face no upfront jail time and his sentencing hearing is scheduled for January 31st. Sentence reduction is due to the fact that Boucher was an underdeveloped uh, adult at the time, 17, and the time between the assault and the report was very long so if you haven't already throw up a middle finger for this guy i know he was very young at the time but it's still inexcusable and it's just disgusting that the even the way that usa hockey handled it at the time as this actually was reported from the the young girl in the family and all usa hockey did was simply remove him from the house and no criminal investigation was taken on their end obviously you cannot blame the victim and their family for not going to the police because we see this all the time. This was on USA Hockey to do so. And I don't think the USA Hockey is getting enough flack right now in the news um, for this story coming out on Saturday. I know it's NFL playoffs, but come on, sports fans. We got we have to we got you got to read up on this and, you know, hold USA Hockey accountable.
1: Fuck, dude. Like, I I didn't know this happened. I didn't see it in the news. Uh, I, Pretty fucked up. Logan, may you can come over and have a beer with me for all I care at this point. <laughs> fuck this guy.
0: Yeah, man. And it's one of those places where, like, I I feel gross because, like, when he was with the Canucks, I rooted for him. I really wanted him that, to do. That well. doesn't feel gross. That no, you I didn't know. know. I, I, I know, but you kind of do now. It's just like fuck. Like you're. You, it was a sham, right? Because he was smiling to the, you know, and it just it just sucks. It just it sucks. There's it's. I don't care that the fact that he's 17, the fact that he's getting a reduced sentence. I don't fucking care. (laughs) The fact that you're getting a reduced sentence, there you go. That's your, you know, having, you know, too young to understand or whatever. And the guy, you know, he's not fighting it. He pled guilty. So glad that you're doing that now. But let's be honest. It's like, because he knew what his fucking options were. Years after your hockey career, pretty much. And you're in the KHL, you're probably still going to be able to play after all this. Like, come on.
1: Yeah, this is that sucks. I'm really curious to know, like, what happened with the you know national development program. Like, me too, because there hasn't been they haven't commented who buried it. How much did they actually know, or did they think that it was like a lesser issue than what happened because the family didn't come forward? Like, I want more details on that before I'm gonna like totally skewer the u.s national development team but that not a good luck man fucking brutal
0: not a good look at all and it wasn't a wasn't a good weekend of news in regards to hockey and you know we haven't heard of evander kane landing in a spot yet but it's oh he's in edmonton he's going to edmonton all right they're just going to
1: edmonton they'll give him like a one year one five ticket call it good
0: and right now they're just working on honestly i think legal stuff and financial stuff in the background There's no other explanation of why it's taking this long. Dude, they put McDavid up there and in questions. Media was asking him what he thought on the matter. And I don't know if this is a good look for McDavid or not, was saying that I, you know, he doesn't bother him. The media skew narratives of people. You don't know them till they're in the room. It's like, come on, Connor. I know you're the NHL's biggest company man but like you could have just been like i don't want to comment on this i
1: don't think it's, it's the biggest company man i think it's he's like yeah give me someone to fucking play with i don't care what kind of a scumbag he is i need a line mate
0: <laughs> i don't even want to say fair though i mean like you're the face of the nhl Connor, you have to at least just say no comment cuz that wasn't a good look i don't blame him for it again like it's you're a hockey a guy you're well, a five time i'd be like
1: i'd be like nothing's done yet like I don't have an opinion. This isn't my thing. Like, shut the fuck up versus like, don't care. Yeah. But
0: I mean, he's just he's a robot at this point in front of the media.
1: (laughs) I don't fucking blame him, dude.
0: Oh, man. It's not it's not the NBA when they're questioning these guys and they go off. Which that's honestly my favorite part of the NBA is those playoff press conferences. Holy crap. Those are fun. Um. Anyways, like I said, ending off the podcast on a somber note, but really wanted to highlight that story as again, it's connected to USA Hockey and there's some connection connection to uh well the Vancouver Canucks and I've watched this that player in Reed Boucher many many times and it just it just really sucks to hear that like the the hockey world's getting hit with another you know some more dirts being uncovered I guess in regards to I was
1: that. gonna say it's it's not it's not being hit with a new one it's oh we got another one yeah. How exactly. many more of these are going to surface? Like, it sucks that that's the label that's starting to be placed on hockey. And guess what? If it's a label it deserves. Then fucking shine the light. Right. But exactly. It's just not fun when, like, you know that there's a lot of really good people in hockey. There's some fucking scummy ones, too. And it's just like that's that's what people remember.
0: Yep. Well, I mean you look at you look at all the professional sports too. You look at kind of like the M- the NBA in the eighties and nineties, you look at, you know, the NFL in the mid two thousands. And I mean you could even say the NFL now too, with some controversy that happens with the players in the oh, there's in plenty. organizations, right? So it's it's every sports league, but it's it's now being labeled a cultural aspect. And you know, right now it's I know there's good culture, I know there's there's good people, but it's popping up way way too much for my liking. And yeah. that's what I'll say on that note. Now, we got to um, say,
1: though, on the NFL, Isha, I want Josh Allen or Joe Burrow <sighs> to go as long in the playoffs as possible because they are the most fun players to watch. They are electric. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm going to pick Josh Allen, but, dude, Joe Burrow is just a fun guy to watch. He is uh, – I, I wish I had, like – a shred of the confidence that
0: that guy has the, his swag yeah i know Dude. <laughs> i was I'd getting into never. it with uh with the uh, hold the mail on twitter i was just i was teasing about knowing nothing about hockey so he was going off he's like oh joe burrow's gonna have more books uh, written about him than harry potter by the end of his career blah, blah blah and i was like i was like come on man i was like gretzky doesn't even have as many books as harry potter calm down and then he was like burrow burrow over gretzky and then i wrote retweeted wrote burrow's over Gretzky and he thought that was pretty funny he's like you really just have to bring it back to hockey bud I was like oh. but anyways um, sounds magical <laughs> thank Sorry, you to those, it. <laughs> thank you to those tuning in on Google Spotify and Apple Podcast I tend to oversell things they eh, help uh, folks the best thing you can do for us this week is give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcast Jones, and for more hockey content, as always, go listen to our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app, please download the episodes before you listen, as it just helps our business. Don't forget to follow myself at VI Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Hoppy at State of Hoppy. You find the Soda Pod at The Soda Pod and the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net. And with that, signing off, I'm Misha Jerome alongside The State of Hoppy. This has been The Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, man? Yeah. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.